Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. And it reads thus. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and shall spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall be careful, shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Let me read one more scripture to you in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 1 through 4, then I'm going to ask you to take your seats. Deuteronomy 20 verses 1 through 4. He says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word. Please take your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Last week, we were reading in Psalms chapter 20, actually. In fact, I'm going to go there in a second. But I, I was um, inspired to kind of take a second look at Psalms 20. It, we've read Psalms 20 for, for many, many years. We used to read it really in association with our um, offerings there's a particular verse in there that, that sits well with the receiving of offerings. And if you look at that particular Psalms 20, and if somebody can find that for me, Psalms 20 reads, The Lord yes. hear thee in the day of thy trouble. Yes. The name of, the, of our God, of Jacob, defendeth thee. Yep. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Yeah. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt offerings. Shalak. Grant thee according to thy own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will yes, please. rejoice in the salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord will fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear from him from his holy heaven with the, with the saving strength. strength of the right hand. Yes. Some trust in chariots. That's where I got to last week. Some in horses. Yes, sir. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Right. They are brought down and are falling, but we are risen and stand upright. Save the Lord and let the king hear us when we call. Amen. This is a wonderful scripture. Um, we've used this many times, and I've been using this to talk about trusting in the Lord. How we can use this as an opportunity to talk about trust. But it's important actually that we look at the, the chapter a bit more carefully to understand what was going on with this particular scripture so that we can apply it to ourselves more accurately. Um, it, if you'll notice, the structure of the particular chapter is broken down into I'm saying a prayer for somebody else and then I am praying, saying something about myself and then it resumes to saying a prayer about somebody else. It's split up into th roughly three areas. The first and the last of the three areas is me looking at possibly a king or a general or a priest 
and saying something to them. In the middle, the second part is a response to receiving what is being said. And the last part is a confirmation of what has all been said. Let me break that down a little bit more. So in chapter 20, verse 1, it says, The Lord hear thee. So he's talking about somebody else. You see that? The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. What's happening right here is that David, or maybe possibly a general, or maybe somebody else is getting ready to go into battle. And they're saying, I don't want you to trust in how strong you are. I want you to trust in how strong God is. So he's saying to him, yeah, you're kind of getting ready. You're, you're set up for battle. You've got your armor on. You've got your sword. You're set. You're ready to do all the fighting for us. And you're going to represent us as captain. The, the king was not just a king. It's like how our president is both a president and commander in chief, right? Technically, he's the leader of the army. The generals do their bits. They're the experts. But he technically is the one who's we have a civilian government that runs our army. In this instance, we have a king who's the head of the army, who's going to fight for the people. That maybe their borders are being attacked, maybe the Philistines are on their way in. And so what they want to do for David is give him a blessing before he goes. They want to make sure his mind is right before they go. And I don't know if you've ever been, had to go through difficult times and you've called on somebody and said, I need you to pray with me. Like I'm going through something right now. And I need you, I'm not even hearing your prayer, I just need to know that you're praying. Like I don't need to do the details, I don't even need to give you the details. I just need you to pray because this is going to be a tough week for me. Have you ever done that? That's what's going on here. So the people are praying for David. They're praying for their king, they're saying the Lord, they're saying the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. Now that it's on us, the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend me. Look, because they know, they know that if God defends him, he essentially defends them. If I'm sending my king into battle and he defends our king, what that means is that he defends me. (laughs) He says, send thee, again, it's pointed to somebody else, send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. I need strength for that person. I need you to understand how powerful it is, how important it is, how loving it is to pray for somebody else. Like we know what's going on with us all the time. Like we can't get enough of our own, you know what I mean, our our own voice in our own head telling us how bad things are. But it's important that we sometimes lend a couple of cycles of prayer to somebody else. Like I want you for a second imagine that you're not the only person on the planet earth with a problem. Like I want you to imagine for a moment that somebody else is feeling the pain that you felt yesterday too. And I want you to lend some of the attention that you would otherwise give to yourself and give it to them in prayer. This is the most loving thing we can do. This is the most compassionate thing we can do. And David's psalm is, this psalm 20 does a little bit more than simply um, um, ask the king to to pray for himself. It's the people praying for the king and thus praying for themselves. I want you to get into the habit of praying for your church. I want you to get into the habit of praying for your family. (laughs) I remember when I was young, um, one of the youngest memories I have, uh, I was getting ready to... to, um, to go to bed, it was a Sunday night, I remember it so specifically, I may have been about 
six years old, seven years old, something like that. And I remember my brother, who was about nine years older than me, um, saw me get ready to go to bed. So I just got from church, took off my clothes, get ready to go to bed, fine. He says, he said to me, something that has stuck with me, to, to, I'm in my 40s and he stuck with me to this day. He says, did you pray? Like for a teenager to say that to his son, to his brother, excuse me, that's not a small thing. It's one thing when my mom said it. Like it was, it, was, uh, it was one thing when she said it. It was another thing when my dad said it. But when my brother said it, it made like, well, first of all, church is over. What are you asking me to pray for? Like church has been over for hours. Why are you messing with me about prayer? I'm ready to go to bed. I did all the praying and singing I thought I was entitled to that day. <laughs> and here he was trying to tell me there was something, I need to have a deeper, even at six, I can have a deeper relationship. I didn't quite get it at the time and I didn't actually do much of praying at the time, but I remember distinctly him having a kind of urgency to get me to have a relationship with God. I'm not, sure if, I mean, I'm not sure if I've even told him this story actually now that I think about it, but it was an encouraging moment. And what's happening here with David is, David is coming out and he's an impressive warrior. He's the guy who killed Goliath. That's gonna follow you for the rest of your life. That's like winning a championship. Like once you've won, you've won. You can't take it away from you. David is now a famous warrior. And they're telling this famous warrior who killed the biggest person we've ever heard of, the Lord needs to be on your side if you're gonna represent us. Like, I'm going to pray for you like you're not the best warrior I've ever known. I'm going to pray for you like you're vulnerable. Because frankly, you are without the presence of God. Psalms 20 is about us understanding where our real power comes from. Our power doesn't come from ourselves. What does he say? So these, imagine now the people are standing there looking at David, getting ready to go out to battle, dressed up, sword, shield, bucklers, everything getting ready to, and they're looking at him and they're saying, and they're saying to him, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. There's trouble around us and I want the Lord to hear you, David. Send help. There's six ways in which they say to give help. They said, send help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy cap. Like what's going on in your heart right now? The things you're planning to do, the things you're hoping to do, we're asking the Lord to do them for you. They're not asking for details about what he wants. They're just saying whatever's in your heart, let the Lord do that. Like the way in which you want it to happen, let the Lord do that. That's an unselfish prayer. Like, I'm not asking for details. I'm not asking if you're qualified. I'm not asking if it's right. I'm just saying, Lord, just grant what's in their heart. Like, just put that prayer up. Lord, what's in their heart that they need, that they desire, that they, they Lord, that, that would love to have in their life. Let's grant that, Lord. It goes on, it says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. We, the people who are praying for you, will rejoice when you are saved. When you're delivered, we are going to give thanks as if we are delivered because we are delivered. I don't know if you've ever had somebody be really happy for your success. I mean, not just okay happy, oh, but really happy for your success. Do you know how that feels? To have somebody really happy for your success, not like, oh, I've got this promotion. Oh, yeah, great, great. No, I mean, 
we let's have a party. Let's do something special. It makes you feel good about your victory. It's a victory for a victory. And they're saying to David, we will rejoice when you are saved. Gosh, I don't want everybody to be happy for each other in that regard. I don't want you to be annoyed because when your success should be my success. Like you do something good, I'm supposed to be proud of it. I'm supposed to be happy for it. And they're saying, we're going to rejoice, we're going to give thanks, we're going to give God thanks when you are saved, when salvation comes to you. And when that happens, we're going to set up banners, not in your name, David. Yeah, you're the one who got the victory, but we're going to set up the banners of victory in the name of the Lord. It's like they're setting expectations immediately. David, we know you're special. David, we know you're anointed. David, we know you were selected out from all your brothers. David, we know you are the king. But when you get a victory, we're going to give thanks to God. Like we're not going to mess around and think that you're the one who deserves the praises because we've already spent time saying this is all about God's power in your life. That's why when I, um, whenever I get anything positive or good, the first thing I do is give thanks to God. Like I'm trying to divert the attention that way. Because I know the amount of prayer and attention that got poured into me is still bearing fruit today. Don't you know your parents prayed for you when you were going nuts at home, when you were doing backflips and going crazy and they thought, oh my goodness, will they ever walk in a straight line for five minutes? And you want to say it was all about you. No, it was about their prayers pouring into you. They prayed for you when you argued with them. They prayed for you when you said the things that you shouldn't have said to them. They prayed for you. Loving on you even though you don't deserve it. And we are dummies don't even realize until we get a little bit older what they were doing the whole time. Right, am I right? You thought, why are they picking on me? No, why are they saving you? Why are they praying for you? Why are they helping you? We couldn't see it at the time because we were so full of emotion and we don't know what things are. Gosh, all the time I thought they were on me and no, they were praying for me, guiding for me, helping me, setting me on the right path. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. They were praying for a day that I didn't even know was coming. They were praying for a day of help and salvation in my life that I didn't even know was on the way and they were praying into my future and today I have to give thanks for that prayer that was given for me. Amen? So verse 5 it says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. When you get saved, when you get all the deliverance, we're going to give thanks like as if it was us. (laughs) And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all your petitions, everything you're asking for as you get ready to go out to fight for us. May the Lord fulfill every single one of them. (laughs) I love this scripture. Then there's a switch after verse 5. That's what the people are praying for for David. And you see that it's directed away from themselves towards somebody else. But now in verses 5 and 6 and I believe 7, we start to see a difference in the language. 
Now it says, now know I. David is saying, after hearing verses one through five, this is the day part that David hears now. He's getting ready to fight. And he says, now know I that the Lord saves his anointed. Why do I know that? Because of what you've just been telling me, one through five. He says, David is now saying, oh, you've, this is like a hype man. They've been round David telling him, the Lord's going to hear your prayer. You keep giving sacrifices, he's going to bless you. <laughs> he's going to send help from the sanctuary. He's probably worried that whole morning and night, getting ready to go out to fight for the people. But now verse 6, and verse um, 6, David has got to a point in this ceremony where he says, Now know I that the Lord will save his anointed. This is a beautiful ceremony. It's, it's an opportunity for us to, to, to say, now that I've asked you for prayer, now that I know you've prayed, I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Now I know everything's going to be okay. Now I've got to walk in this. Now I've got to act like it. Now I've got to be about it. Now I've got to do the doing part of my faith. I've got to walk as if this is done already. Verse 6, it says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. He's declaring that the Lord is going to save me now. The people have prayed the prayer on David, and David says, yeah, I recognize where thy saving is coming from now. He may have had doubts about himself. He may have had concerns about himself, but he's reminded by the people that you may doubt yourself, but don't doubt God. Don't doubt the one who's working for you. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying you're without limitations. I'm saying he's perfect and he's without limitations. Goes on to verse seven, it says, some trust in chariots. This is gonna harken back to my other verses here. Some trust in the resources they have. Some trust in the fact that, well, I got a certain amount of money, that means I'm fine. And that's what they are figuring is, is the thing that's gonna help them. Before I continue with that, let's go back to the scripture I read in Deuteronomy, just for a second. Deuteronomy 20, verses one through four. Where are you gonna put your trust? Right, Deuteronomy 20 verses 1 through 4 is a, a way that the, the Lord was telling the people to be in war. Like if people are coming against you, um, don't worry about what they've got. Don't worry about their resources. Let me read some of it. It says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots, <laughs> And the people more than thou, more people, they're outnumbering you. They've got more chariots and horses. They've got more implements of war. They've got more weapons than you, more people. Be thou, be not thou afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee. <laughs> they have some resources, but the source of all things is going to be with you. Like the one who created heaven and earth is with you. It's actually almost not fair when you think about it like that. Like the one who made horses is with you 
and you're worried about their horses. You're missing the point. Like, don't worry about what they've got. Don't worry about their riches. The one who created riches is with you. Like, if you're gonna worship horses, then yeah, fair enough. Worship whoever's side's got the most horses. But seeing as you're not worshiping horses, let's not worry about what they've got. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Chief. So he says, when you see more horses on their side, when you see more chariots on their side, don't worry about that. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. He's trying to make you remember. You remember when David, last week we spoke about David, what he was doing? Last week, David said to King Saul, when they said to him, how are you going to fight Goliath? They said, hey, he says, I killed a lion and a bear. I'm remembering what the Lord has done for me. What in Deuteronomy 20 saying, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt is saying, you've got some history here. You've got some proof here. You've got some things that you can draw on to remind you of what he's done for you. Remind me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, my. Remind me. Yes, sir. Thank you. So this lends back into this idea of trust. Why am I trusting? Because he's done it before. I'm trusting what he's done for me. And I want to tell you something else. The other scripture I read was in, was in uh, Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 through 4. Let me go to that really quick. I'm coming back here. Deuteronomy, was it Jeremiah? Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Look at how he says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. We've talked about it. Trust based on kind of a repeated successes build trust. But he also says this, and whose hope the Lord is. So I was thinking about this all week. Trust and hope. The two things he's been, been suggested here are trust and hope. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and his hope the Lord is. We trust when we've seen a sequence of events that lead us to believe the next thing is going to happen. Like I have proof from my memory, right? Like things have happened that have got me to this place, so I trust the Lord can get me to the next place. But sometimes a new situation shows up that we're not quite sure about. And using trust in that situation becomes a little bit more difficult for me because I don't necessarily have the imagination. What the scripture is telling us in Deuteronomy is use trust with the, for the experience, use hope for what you don't have experience in. You use trust to get you from your memory of what God has done for you. But when you're missing the experience and the memory, use hope in the Lord. You see that? There should be no gaps in your belief. You either trust him or hope him. That's it. You can't have any gaps. It's either gonna be trusting because I saw you do it before or I'm hoping in you that you're gonna do it for me now. There is no gaps in my belief. I'm either trusting him right now or I'm hoping that he will do it for me. You know, sometimes we look at our gaps more than we look at the thing itself. I don't know if you've ever done that. You've, you've got 
house, you've got two cars, and all you can think of is that the fact that you don't have a boat. Like, and all you focus on is on, I don't have a boat. And we worry all day about the gap rather than the thing that we have already. We've got to stop focusing on the gaps. Like, leave the gap alone. Put hope where the gap is and focus on what the blessing the Lord has given you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Trust. Let me go back. I've got to go back to these two scriptures. Deuteronomy. Go back to jump back to Deuteronomy. Verse 2 it says, And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. We're going to do something different. When we get ready to fight, we're going to put the Lord into it. We're going to put the priests, like no one else is doing this. Like when they get out to fight, they are just saying, who's the best fighters? What horses do we have? What chariots do we have? You're not going to do it like that. You're going to put the priests out there. And shall say unto them, hear, O Israel, ye approach this day into battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. Why? For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies. The temptation is to look at what you've got, to look around and say, well, we've got six horses, so we're good. Or they've got 10 horses, so we're not good. But he's saying, don't look at your horses. Don't look at theirs. Look at God. You see that? Let's go back to Psalms for a moment. What do you say to Psalms? So what does that conclude for us with Psalms chapter 20? I'm not even got my scripture set. You have it? Verse 6, now. Now know I. Go, yes, go. That the Lord saveth his anointing. Yes. He will hear him from his holy heavens. Yes. With the saving strength of his right hand. Yes. Some trust in chariots. They, on the other side, are trusting the things that they have. Some in horses. Some are trusting the horses that they've got. Yes, sir. And, and Deuteronomy with Psalms are now saying, don't trust their horses. Don't trust your horses. <laughs> like, don't trust anybody's riches. Like, that's all fallacy. Trust in the name of the Lord. Don't trust how little you've got. Don't trust how much they've got. <laughs> the Lord is saying, I'm going to be providing for you. So why are you looking at what you've got or what they've got? <laughs> Amen? Let's keep going with Psalms 20. Yes. Our God. Yeah. They were brought down. Yes. And fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Save Lord. Save Lord. Let the, let, the, let the king hear us when we call. Okay, let's go jump back to Jeremiah. I'm coming down here. Jeremiah 17 says, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Yes, I've got memory, I've got realization of what he's done for me, what he's done for my family, what he's done for others, what he's done for people that came before me. I'm gonna use that to help me. Where I don't have experience, I'm gonna use hope. Because the scripture says, and whose hope is, the Lord is. So when you have no gaps in your defense, this is what it looks like to somebody who has no gaps, verse eight. This is what it looks like. It says, for he shall be a tree Planted by the waters, sounds a lot like Psalms, doesn't it, Psalms 1? It says, for he shall be a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. I love this. I, 
we, we actually use that term these days. You, you won't see this. You won't see me. You can't see me. That's what it's saying there, basically. You're not going to be impacted when tough times come because you've got trust and hope. Like when tough times really get tough, trusting and hoping will mean that you won't ever turn brown, your leaves won't turn brown. They'll always be fresh. You're always good. Not because the tough times didn't come, but because you're being fed from a river which is the Lord. This isn't a way to avoid difficult moments. This isn't a way to, to kind of make sure that tough times doesn't come. This is a way to ensure that when tough times do come, you get to endure. He says, uh, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. You don't have to worry even when it's a drought because you're right next to the river because your trust and hope is in the Lord. When you're trusting hope in the Lord, you don't have to worry about the seasons, the weather, the problems, because you're good. You're getting your source from the resource, from God himself. He says, careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. You're gonna be giving fruit to others when your trust and your hope is in the Lord. See, they're going to be relying on the weather for good things. You're going to be relying on the river for good things, which is the trust and hope in the Lord. What does that mean? They're going to have to come to you. <laughs> like when their drought is in full, it's not impacting you because you're positioned your mind correctly to receive the Lord. Amen. I want us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Don't lean on our own understanding. We're not gonna make it by our own way. We've tried that way. We know which way the road goes down that way. And it's never been successful. This kind of exposition and teaching on trust, I hope you have taken from it. What you need to make it. We need to put our trust in the Lord. I'm done putting my trust in humans, systems, principalities, offices, corporations, jobs, cities, done with it. I'm putting my trust in the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to this word in the name of the Lord Jesus.